1: To live is Christ, and to die is gain. When you live for Christ on earth, you'll be with Him in heaven.
0: Some people think death is the end. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie says it's really a beginning. It's a whole new beginning.
1: Verse 23 of Philippians 1, I wanna be with Christ, which is far, far better. But for my friends in Hawaii, Heaven is better because I go to be with Christ. It's way better. This
0: is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Can you hear
1: the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life
0: begins. Now, when you go to a restaurant, you often order an entree for dinner. When the main course is served, are you sad that the entree course is over? Well, not usually. When we focus on this life, we have to remember that real living begins on the other side of eternity, when we're in paradise, in the presence of God. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie offers heavenly perspective on the earthly trials and challenges that we face. We'll see there is a better day coming.
1: live for. What would you say is the master passion of your life right now? I mean, what gets you fired up? What wakes you up in the morning? What do you live for? Some people might say, "Well, I just I just live to live, you know? Take it a day at a time." Life to them is mere existence. You could almost describe it as an animal-like condition. They have no philosophy to speak of. They have no objective that they live for. They just sort of live for the moment. Maybe they live by the adage, if it feels good, do it. Or they just say, eat, drink, and be merry. But that's a bad philosophy, folks. Another person might say, well, for me, to live is possessions. They have a bumper sticker on the back of their Ferrari. He who dies with the most toys wins. (laughs) I might add dot, 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 nothing. He who dies with the most toys wins nothing. Some people are simply enduring rather than enjoying their lives. Their favorite day of the week is someday. Someday it will get better. Someday my prince will come. Someday I'll find that perfect relationship. And here's the problem. You can spend your whole life just waiting. And then death comes. And then the afterlife comes. And you've effectively thrown your life away. So listen to this. Only the person who is prepared to die is really prepared to live. And here now are the words of the Apostle Paul. In answer to the question, what do you live for? What do you live for? Here's what Paul writes, Philippians 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I live on in the flesh, that will mean fruit from my labor. For what I'll choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing from me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Point number one. If you're taking notes, when you live for Christ, you'll think of others. When you live for Christ, you'll think of others. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Now when we hear someone say, for me to live is Christ, we I mean, think, oh man, you have your head in the clouds and you're out of touch with reality. In fact, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But when you're really a heavenly minded person, When you're really a person who's living for Christ, it's a practical spirituality. You know, there are people that have that spacey, wild-eyed, one-clown short of a circus look, you know, and they try to make everything so spiritual. And they won't laugh at anything or enjoy anything. Remember, I described them as Bobby Buzzkill and his girlfriend, Debbie Downer. Don't be that person. A godly person, one who is living for Christ, is a caring, loving person with practical spirituality. What kind of representative are you as a follower of Jesus? Are you a bridge or a barrier to people coming to Christ? Are you a staircase or are you a stumbling block? It's really up to you because you are being watched. Now listen to what Paul says. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul was... Well, we might describe him as homesick for heaven. But wait, he had never been to heaven. Actually, he had. You see, we read about Paul uh, being stoned uh, for preaching the gospel. They thought he was dead. They prayed for him to come back to life and he came back again, and Paul writes about it in the book of Corinthians when he says, I knew a man in Christ, whether he was in the body or out of the body, I can't remember, but he was caught up into the spirit and saw things he can't really describe. So basically what happened was Paul died, went to heaven, and came back to earth. So now Paul writes and he says, look, I'm kind of torn between the two because I want to go to heaven and be with Christ. But I think it's important for me to be here with you. Bringing me to point number two. When you live for Christ, you're not afraid to die. When you live for Christ, you're not afraid to die. Look at Philippians 1.23. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. You know, there's three words that describe what this means that really help us to understand it. One word that is used when he says, I want to depart is a word that is used by soldiers when they strike the tent or break camp. So they're moving on. So when a believer dies, it's like we're striking the tent. If you like to camp, uh, you know, you get out there and you set up your tent and get everything ready, and, and you know, then the moment comes, you have to break camp. Other people have motorhomes. I, I don't think I'd call that camping. Big, giant plasma television sets and you know, satellite dish on top. I guess that's camping in a way. Going to the beach. Um, to me, my favorite part of going to the beach is when I get there and when I leave and I'll go to the beach. And I'm so excited. Oh, it's so great. The sun's out, and and it's perfect temperature, and, and I love this, and there's nobody here, and I set up my towel and get some books out and put my sunglasses on, and and all of a sudden, someone shows up, and they're like, I don't know why there's like all the space, and they set their towel up right next to yours, and then they have a really loud radio they're listening to, or somebody else pulls up right next to you, and they're talking on their phone on speaker, so you're hearing the whole conversation. Then the kids show up and and then the seagulls come and they start stealing your food and and flying off with your children and all the problems that come and you're hot and you go, I'm going to leave. I want to go home and take a shower. So Paul is saying it's like striking the tent. It's like breaking camp. The Bible on more than one occasion compares our body to a tent. Tents are not a permanent residence. Uh, Now you can do whatever you want with your tent. You can paint it. You can stretch it. You can do whatever you want, patch it. But it's only meant to be a temporary residence. And our body is like a tent. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die, and leave these bodies, we have a home in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not made by human hands. So I want to depart, break camp. Another way to illustrate, depart is to... Be freed from your chains, or unshackle. Paul was locked up, chained up, if you will, to a Roman guard. So death for a believer is like being freed from the chains. I'm talking to somebody right now that is very ill. You're immobilized. You, you can't do what you used to do. And one day you're going to be freed from the pain of the body you're in, and you're going to be liberated. And that's how Paul is describing it. I want to be freed from these shackles and go and be with the Lord. And finally, he uses a word that could be described as untying a boat from its moorings. Another way to put it is set sail, set sail. So when you believe in Jesus and that day comes for you to go to heaven, you're setting sail for the afterlife. And when we lose a loved one, uh, we're sad. Very sad because we miss them and we wish they had not left us. Maybe we're having an enjoyable moment with family or friends and we think, oh, I wish they could be with me right now. (laughs) But you know, as I said earlier, nobody in heaven, if given the choice, would ever come back to earth again. See, it's not sad if you're setting sail for a better destination. Let's say that you were getting on a rusty freighter destination, Siberia. I'd be very sad as I waved to you on the dock. But let's say you were on a luxury cruise ship destination Tahiti. I'd feel sorry for myself because I'm not on the ship with you going to a beautiful place. When a believer dies, they're headed to a beautiful place far greater than earth. Thanks for joining
0: us today. You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie and A New Beginning. And it's a message called, What Do You Live For? a couple of great points so far. Number one, when you live for Christ, you think of others. And point number two, when you live for Christ, you're not afraid to die. Let's continue.
1: Bringing me to point number three, when you live for Christ on earth, you'll be with him in heaven. Look at verse 23 of Philippians 1. I want to be with Christ, which is far better. By the way, this is a strong word in the Greek. It can be translated far, far better not just better, but way better. Or for my friends in Hawaii, mo betta brah. It's way better. Heaven is so much better than earth. Why? Well, because heaven is better because we're moving from a tent to a mansion. Now, this dates me, of course, but do you remember that TV show, The Beverly Hillbillies? Jed was moving from a, a, not a great place to a wonderful place in the sitcom, but we're going to go from a broken body, an aging body, a sinful body to a new body that God will ultimately give us in his presence. No more devil, no more temptation, no more sinful inclination. It's better. And it's better because it's immediate. It's better than when we go to heaven because it's immediate. Paul writes, depart and be with Christ. Paul did not say depart and go to a waiting room. I hate waiting. You go to the doctor's office and you wait. And why are all of the magazines from a year ago? Come on, get new magazines already. Or how about waiting in an airport terminal? You just sit there and wait and your flight is delayed and you wait and you wait. Well, that's not what happens when a believer dies. You don't go to a waiting room. You don't go to a place called purgatory because no place called purgatory actually exists. When a believer dies, they go straight to heaven. The moment you take your last breath on earth, you take your next breath in heaven. This is the wonderful thing. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.8, I'm confident and willing rather to be absent from my body and to be present with the Lord. It's better because all my questions will be answered. We all have questions for God, don't we? We'd like to ask God this. Why did you allow this? Why didn't you do that? And one day they'll be answered because 1 Corinthians 13 says, right now we don't see things clearly. What I know is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely as God knows me. So one day it's all gonna be revealed to you. But most importantly, heaven is better because I go to be with Christ. I wanna depart and be with Christ. So let me loop back to the question I asked in the beginning. What do you live for? If you'd say for me to live is money, then for you to die is to leave it all behind. If you'd say for me to live as fame, then for you to die is to be forgotten. If you'd say for me to live as power, for you to die is to lose it all. But if you'd say for me to live as Christ, then you can say to die is gain. Only the Christian can say, to live as Christ and to die is gain. We don't have to fear death because Jesus conquered death at the cross in the empty tomb. At the cross, he defeated sin. At the empty tomb, he defeated death. Death died when Christ rose. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live and whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe in him? You say, well, yes, I believe there's a God. Well, I I believe there was a God too. when I was a young man, and I knew God was up there somewhere, but I didn't know I could have a relationship with him. That was a new thought for me. And I remember on my high school campus, there was a group of very outspoken people that we called the Jesus freaks, and that wasn't a compliment. But I began to watch these Christians, and I saw the joy and the happiness they had. I mean, it's one thing to be happy uh, fifth period on Friday. These crazy people were happy first period on Monday. I thought, why are they happy like that? And one day I, I sat a few feet away from a little Bible study they were having on the front lawn of my high school campus. And these Christians, these Jesus freaks, were singing songs about God. And as I watched them singing, I, I tried a novel thought on a new thought. What if it's all true? What if they really have a relationship with God? I quickly dismissed it. I returned to it again. Yes, but what if it's true? What if they know the Lord? And then a guy got up to speak. His name was Lonnie. He had long hair and a beard. He kind of looked like Jesus, frankly. This is back in the hippie days. And he made one statement. I only remember this statement. He said more, but I remember he said, Jesus said, you're for me or against me. And I looked around at those Christians. I thought, well, they're, they're for him. And I'm not one of them. Does that mean I'm against God? See, I believed there was a God. I'd seen all the movies about Jesus. I admired him. But I saw him as a historical figure that lived and died. I never thought of him in the here and now. And then that guy Lonnie said, if you want Jesus to come into your life, get up and walk forward and pray. And some kids walked forward and I hung my head down. I had hair back then hanging in my eyes. Use your imagination. I used to have a great wave, surfer wave, now it's just beach, very sad. But anyway, I hung my head, hair hanging in my eyes, and I thought, there's no way I could do that. Next thing I knew, I was up there praying. <laughs> I didn't plan on becoming a Christian that day, let me assure you, but that was the day my life changed. That was the day Christ came into my life. Listen to me, this is the day your life can change. This is the moment Christ can come into your life. And let me come back to that statement. Jesus said, you're for me, you're against me. You either are a follower of and a believer in Jesus Christ or you're opposed to him. Where do you stand? Is Christ living inside of you right now? You say, well, I don't know. Well, listen, I think if God Almighty has taken residence in your heart, you will know. And if you don't know, I would have to ask, is he living in your heart? Maybe not. Listen, he's just a prayer away. Will you allow me to show you the way? It's as simple as praying And saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And Jesus Christ will live inside of you. So I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. Would you just pray this prayer with me? And if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you wanna know that when you die, you will go to heaven, if you want your guilt taken away, pray this prayer after me right now. Just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know you are the Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. I turn from that sin, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: To Greg Laurie praying for those who are making a decision for Christ today and if you've made that change we'd like to help you to begin your walk with the Lord we'd love to send you a new believers growth packet it's free of charge if you've made a first-time commitment to the Lord today and it'll really help you to start your walk of faith just ask for it when you call one 800 5011 well the Bible tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling Have you ever wondered about that passage? That's the theme tomorrow as Pastor Greg continues this series called Quarantine Life, right here on a new beginning. Make sure you join us. This is the day, the day when life begins. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called What Do You Live For? Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 Station Sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.